Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Today on Len Calls the Heart, we talk about investments, poisonous snakes, and weathering the storm with special guests Amber and Rachel from the Hallmarkies podcast. Stay tuned, Hardy. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to After Buzz TV. We are here doing When Calls the Heart. Season 5, Episode 8, Weather the Storm. Let it swell. Dun, 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 dun. Yes! As you can tell, I am all by myself here in the studios. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini. You can follow me everywhere at Serafini TV. I don't have James with me, unfortunately, but I do have a special guest. Amber and Rachel are joining me from the Hallmarkies podcast. So, Fellow podcasters will be on the show talking all about this episode as well. So while we get them on the line, this was a great episode. Uh, we, the things we'll definitely talk about in this episode and things we'll cover, we'll talk about uh, things like AJ and Bill. Well, what's happening with them and their relationship, uh, investments and with Joshua and Greta and their differences and even Greta... Getting back with Duncan and reconciling. And we had Carson and Rhonda. Rhonda has a brain tumor. Um, a lot of drama there. And then also some drama with Emily and Harper. Harper's a little slacker. But don't you worry. We're going to cover it all. And, I mean, this was a really fun episode. So, Hardys, let me know what you thought of this episode. And we're going to be talking all about it. And you know what? And it, it's it's going to be a great episode. And I do believe we have Rachel from the Hallmarkies podcast joining us via Skype. Um, they were so willing and gracious to to join me because, unfortunately, James is out of town. He had some family stuff to deal with. So send uh, good wishes and thoughts his way. I'm sure he'll need it and he'll definitely appreciate it. Um, and and he'll love the fact if you hearties sent him a nice message because, you know, just let him know that you're thinking of him. And joining us, we actually have Rachel. Hello, Rachel. Hi. 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 Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And Amber is ready. She's waiting. I don't know if... We Excellent. Catch her and, and we will do. But, also um, get. Uh, okay. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on the show talking when it calls the heart. Yes, I'm. I'm very excited to have you. While we get Amber on the line, uh, why don't you fill in the Hardies who may not know of your show? You you also do a fellow podcast called Hallmarkies Podcast. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah, each week we get together. We're just two friends who like watching Hallmark movies. And each week we get together and we talk about the highs and the lows and give our crown rating for uh, whether we, uh, out of five crowns, where we think it was a good movie or a bad movie. Um, and each week we also uh, do a recap show called One Calls the Hallmarkies, where we talk about One Calls the Heart and we'll be doing The Good Witch and whatever. We're just having fun. So, awesome. yeah, we're available on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere you can download podcasts. Excellent. And while you were discussing that and giving a synopsis of your show, Amber is also joining us, your fellow co-host on that show as well. Hello, Amber. Hello, everybody. Is everything working great? Yes. I'm here. <laughs> we can hear and see you. So for those okay. who may not know of you, Amber, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Um. Yeah, so... Been a Hallmark fan my whole life, pretty much. Started with Sarah Plain and Tall, so real young. Um, and, you know, it's just a great network. They have really great programming. And Rachel and I just got together and we said, hey, I love this. Hey, you love this. Let's talk about it. So that's pretty much me. 
And and there now you have your Hallmarkies podcast too, which I recently was on, which was so much fun. So now we're now we're all podcasting friends. That's right. <laughs> Within the Hallmark community. So both of you have watched this episode. What were your quick thoughts of this episode? Rachel, let's start with you. Um, I thought it was very mel- it was a very dramatic episode. There was lots of melodrama in this episode, so it was it was really fun or not really fun, but it was really enjoyable on that level. And uh, so I liked it. I, I I think it was a little bit of a, a letdown for me compared to last week, which had all of the kids subplots, which was just like the best ever because I'm real high on the kids and their story, especially Opal. And uh, so this one had very had no opal, and it had very little Lee and Rosemary. So it's not going to be a favorite of mine, but I enjoyed it. I see. And uh, Amber, what were your thoughts of it? Yeah. So, um, like Rachel, I was you know we are very much Team Coulter on our channel. So <laughs> I was a little let down with the lack of Lee and Rosemary. There was some of them, but there wasn't very much. But I really actually enjoyed this episode, which is actually pretty surprising for an episode for me that has such a large focus on Bill and not a very big focus on Henry or Rosemary and Lee, but I actually really enjoyed it. So I was very pleased this week. Yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. It was very dramatic. And th- mm-hmm. I believe that this was the, the second episode of what we called the black structure in Men Calls the Heart, because it was also, uh, it was written by Derek Tom- Thompson, but also directed by Peter DeLuise, who did last week's episode. Uh, it was very dramatic compared to last week's episode, which was like really fun and light, and th- there was a lot of humor, and this one felt drastically different um, mm-hmm. in, in just the storylines and, and drama in and of itself. I really enjoyed it, so let's get into it. Uh, AJ, Foster, and Bill. So Bill has to escort AJ to jail so she, she can finally serve her time but on the way in the forest it it's it gets stormy they get um and during that bill gets bitten by this rattlesnake and it's poisonous your thoughts of this were you afraid for bill's life um i'm, I'm gonna start um <laughs> i was not because there was no way they were gonna kill off bill right i mean right. <laughs> not a chance and with two episodes left in the season this isn't game of thrones um but i uh <laughs> so I, I knew he was gonna be fine but i was a little worried that it was going to you know be something that would last through the you know through the rest of the season and that at the season finale he would maybe be taken care of um but i was really glad to see that that resolved this episode and i liked that it really forced both bill and aj to really um examine what they mean to each other you know because there's deathbed revelations and he was pretty close to not making it i i mean i agree uh rachel what were your thoughts were you were you worried because it doesn't seem like amber was (laughs) um no, I mean I I wasn't uh, I wasn't worried, but I uh, but I thought that Jack Wagner did a pretty good job of uh, of uh, being portraying uh, a, a like being bitten by a uh, by a snake. I think that it felt pretty believable. Uh, him, uh, you know, with his. Uh, I don't know, just his reaction and everything like that. So that was good enough that it drew me in to the story and uh, and to wanting to know. And I do think that they have pretty good chemistry. They do. And I was I was just going to ask about that because when Bill got bitten, first of all, I'd be kind of, I mean, I'm not really afraid of snakes. I've dealt with a few snakes in my country <laughs> life growing up. But he was acting, like, oddly strange or, like, oddly very calm. I'm like, yeah, I think if anybody else was in this situation, they'd be a little bit more panicked. But that's just me. He's a trained Mountie, and he, yeah. he's seen some stuff. But, you know, the, and this leads to him essentially slowly dying. You know, the venom's going through his system. But it leads for a moment and opportunity for, for AJ to, like, really care for him and what what were your thoughts of AJ taking care of him throughout the night and then leaving in the morning to go get help Rachel it was sweet to see that different side of uh, AJ because we haven't really seen her be sort of maternal I guess you know so taking care of uh, 
taking care of uh, Bill. And so, yeah. It, does anybody remember what exactly did AJ do? Do we know? Or is it just sort of vague crimes? I can't remember. Well, she was cooking the books for Gowan, right? She was. She she was um, maintaining, like, finances and, and numbers. But she was also placed in the middle of, like, two two guys were basically using her and then pawning her off for being the guilty party. So, and essentially, essentially, she was, like, the scapegoat in the financial situation. And, uh, but she was involved in it, which technically is illegal, so she should be serving her time as well. Gowan did his time, but now it's AJ's turn. But, yeah. yeah. Um, You gotta pay the piper. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Actually. Um, Amber, here's a question for you. Were you worried when AJ left off? Did you think that she just abandoned Bill? I... You know, based on how her character had grown, I really didn't see that she would just leave him to die alone in the woods. Like, that just didn't seem the way that she was going. I mean, after Bill was like, Adeline Josephine Foster, and I was like, oh, snap, you used her full name. <laughs> um, yeah, I, just didn't, I just couldn't imagine her leaving him in the woods. So I just had so much faith that she would come back and bring, you know, the cavalry, which she basically did. She did. I really liked this moment, and the and she found mounties that helped, uh, help Bill with that the anti venom, or in this case the the antidote. And um, but they didn't share a nice kiss. What were your thoughts of that? Um, yeah, I'm used to them just not kissing on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> like, I mean, it took you know Elizabeth and Jack what seven years to kiss for the first time. So <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, uh, I'm used to people not kissing, but, you know, I expect that they will sometime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we knew this moment was coming because when uh, AJ said in the in the jail, they're like, you know, there was something between us. So you did like this kiss. You, you knew that there was going to be another moment that they were going to share together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I mean, it all made quite a melodramatic uh, moment, you know, it was very exciting. It was exciting. So, uh, Bill was actually nice enough because she did help him out for his his health and and in life. She did essentially help save her his life. And then uh, he was talking to the prosecutor over in Cape Fullerton for her to serve less time. So that might leave the possibility that AJ Foster could come back sooner than we think. Yeah, I would love it. And it's always fun seeing, you know, Jack Wagner and Josie Pissett together because of, you know, all the Wedding March movies, which I'm excited for the new one in June. But, yeah, I really enjoy seeing her come back on the show. I I agree. Um, so before we move on, I just want to tell you about another fun podcast because we all do podcasts around here. We have Amber and Rachel from the Hallmarkies podcast. We have our Run Calls of the Heart podcast. But another one that you should definitely listen to and watch is Conversations with Maria Menunos, our founder of AfterBuzz TV, Amazing Maria Menunos. Her podcast edition show drops every Friday on iTunes. Uh, she it features celebrities and influencers. Um, a bunch of different interviews along with secrets and tips and um, like and all things of how to be better in your life. And uh, it's, it's really informative. It's very, very helpful. Things from like health and wellness to career and fitness, relationships, finances, which I definitely need. Um, let, like, let Maria Menounos be the big sister that you always wanted. Um, she can help you in everything. She's amazing. Um, just go to iTunes and search conversations with maria menudos and subscribe and rate and download and comment and make sure when you do comment that it was us here at AfterBuzz tv the when calls the heart panel us hardies sent you guys there um to listen to her show she'll definitely appreciate it and if you do i'll read your comments out uh, um al- aloud and let you know that and let us know that you let um, you listen to her. So Conversations with Maria Menounos, podcast edition. Definitely check it out. It's very informative, and she's just so worldly. She has so much experience, and she's the like the best person to, to learn information from. So, yeah, go check it out. Conversations with Maria Menounos. So moving on to let's talk about Elizabeth and the children. Um, 
We actually let's just talk about Elizabeth before we get the, to the children. Uh, she writes this dear Jack letter to to Jack because Jack still is not in this episode, yeah. which is you know really unfortunate. Uh, Amber, what were your thoughts of her writing this letter? And we only hear her voiceover, but we don't see Jack. Are you still? Yeah. Are you sad? I am sad. I miss Jack. Jack, come back. Um, but <laughs> I am. Um, I like that she's finding a way, and the show's finding a way to keep him looped in when he comes back onto the show. Because Jack will be back. But I, I appreciate that we won't have to spend time catching him up on what's going on in Hope Valley because he'll already be dialed in. It's also nice to be able to see into Elizabeth what Elizabeth is thinking about things because basically mm-hmm. when she's writing to Jack, it's you know, showing her all of her stuff. I mean, all of her insight and first-person perspective. Um, And then I also really loved at the first of the episode when she was in the stagecoach writing in her diary because it just was a perfect callback to the first episode. So I really enjoyed all those quiet over, you know, Elizabeth giving us her internal monologue, basically. I thought those were fun. I, I completely agree. It is sad that Jack is still gone, but in the like we saw back in season four when when Elizabeth was writing letters and stuff, it was really sad. It was very morose because we knew Jack left he didn't want to, but he did out of obligation and we mm-hmm. knew he was going to dangerous territories. But this time it actually it doesn't feel as sad because we know he's actually in a safer place. And Yeah. And so it, there, there's not a lot of jeopardy, and it's not as heavy hitting as it was back in season four. It is sad that his presence is obviously missing, but it's we know it's actually better um, this time around. Yeah, we, I'm not so worried about him dying. He'll just take care of train up more mounties. So <laughs> yes. that's that's good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So so we're gonna get into Harper and Emily. Hence the weather, the storm theme of this episode. Uh, So Elizabeth gives all the children group projects to do, which group projects can be fun if, you know, everybody actually works together. So Harper and Emily are paired together to do a project on wind. What were your thoughts of Harper being a little slacker that he is? Um, well, I, I identified so much with Emily in this episode Same because here. in every group project, I am pretty sure that I am the entire group and the rest of the people just exist. Um, and it was so funny because last week we saw her being such a Rosemary um, in the dress shop. And then this is just a total Rosemary move to just be like, you're terrible at this project. I'll just do everything. So I just think it's funny seeing her as like a little Rosemary. Um, Emily's adorable. The actress who plays her, um, Grayson Shingi or something, um, she is so great. And I am excited that she's kind of getting a bigger role in the show. And they're focusing a little bit more on the kids now. Um, But I thought it was funny. I felt like Elizabeth was sort of playing like little kid matchmaker with her assignments because I could totally see like when they grow up Anna and Cody falling in love and Hattie and Robert falling in love and Emily and Harper falling in love so I just kind of I was like hee 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 (laughs) little kids uh do you think it's too early or too young for these kids to be paired up well I mean (laughs) they're not really falling in love but they could have little cute crushes on each other. They're not going to get married, obviously, next year. But like, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, I like. I can understand. I mean, these kids are any ages, anywhere from eight to mid teenagers. So that that's when a lot of prepubescent emo- emotions and hormones are rushing too. So yeah. like, and I, I I get that. We did lose Rachel for a second, but we're gonna try to get her back. Um, in the in the meantime, we're we're just gonna power through. Um, because we have two people uh, via Skype. So, you know, sometimes technology is just not on our side. But don't you worry. We're going to do our best to, to get Rachel back in. Because she's definitely part of this conversation as well. Um, I've definitely been the Emily in this situation. Uh, <laughs> like, But admittedly, I am such an overachiever that I will take the lead and be like, I will read five books when one person <laughs> only wants to read one. I am that kind of person. And... Uh, but it is frustrating when someone else isn't picking up 
the slack, and they should. And Harper, yeah. he, he's making all these excuses like, I'm not good at science. And I was like, but you know what? That's not a good excuse. What were your thoughts of having Elizabeth talk to Harper during the presentation that, you know, Harper didn't know all the information, but Elizabeth's lesson that she taught them afterwards to, to Harper, what were your thoughts of what Elizabeth said? Yeah, it was actually, um, I kind of was like, oh, snap, I have deprived <laughs> so many kids of the opportunity of learning because I, you know, in my life, I have definitely been the person who was like, okay, I'll just do everything. You just come show up on game day. You be there. I'll do all the plays and then we'll just all get credit for it. So it is interesting to think of it from the perspective of like, you know, Emily was doing great and she learned and she did a great project, but also by not allowing Harper to struggle through it, she kind of did rob him of understanding the assignment. But so I think it was a good way for both of the kids to learn, like, you got to let other people do things, even if it's going to maybe not get you as good of a grade because they'll learn. And also you have to put in the effort, even if you are struggling with it. So I thought it was great. And I was so impressed that she sussed out that Harper didn't know anything about wind. Elizabeth's oh, a good teacher. She I, really is. She is. And the fact that like she wasn't like too demanding or strict, but the the whole idea of like you denied yourself the opportunity to learn. And and Emily doesn't know that had the wherewithal to be like, oh oh yeah, he should learn how to do and learn about wind as well. And and I'm like, and I did like that message because that's still a very universal theme. Kids can learn from this episode today in school and in life. And and it's not just in in, in school projects, it's work projects. It it translates for, you know, throughout your life. It, it's a good message. Yeah, I yeah I agree. I, that's one of the good things about the show is that you know, it's set back in you know the early 1900s, but almost everything they explore has a universal theme that can be applied to life today. Absolutely, and we fortunately got Rachel back on the line with us. Yeah, yes. Sorry, I had to call in on my phone. I uh, I don't know, my computer Skype wasn't working. But anyway, it's yeah, okay. I totally related to this whole plot line because I don't think I ever did a group project going all the way up through graduate school where I didn't feel like I was doing the lion's share of <laughs> an assignment. <laughs> like, Emily needs to learn this now. And, uh, and <laughs> because at least that was my experience. I, I think uh, when you're a real extroverted person, people just assume that you'll do a lot of the projects. Yeah, I mean, and, and I understand that too. And I think... Emily was also just being a good student by doing the work, but also letting Harper take the credit because it is a group project. So, And then she was even kind enough afterwards to still help Harper out after what he just did. Um, and that just shows that she, she's a good kid as well. And, like, and now she knows. Yeah. Is this a hard predicament? Do you have the assignment be less? Uh, you know, because your grade's depending on it too, or do you just say, you know, forget it, I'm going to do it. And usually I'd side with forget it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it was also good on Elizabeth to realize that Emily was doing the work and Harper was not picking up the weight. Especially because it wasn't just him being lazy. It was him actually feeling like he was like incapable of doing it. Like right. that's like more concerning yeah, because Harper didn't seem like he believed in himself. And we, we saw from a previous episode of the season that Harper may not just may not be the best student. And, and I think it's because he he gets down on himself. He doesn't have confidence in himself that he, he can be if he applied himself, he could be a great student. Yeah, he, he seems to lack the confidence. So I'm looking forward to the day when we see Harper as just like the most confident genius child. I miss right. the genius children from the past seasons, you know, like the ones who always got scholarships. I miss those kids. Let's get those kids back, too. Yeah, but, you know, there, there are studies where kids who are the C-plus average kids actually become more successful in life. So it could work. Har yeah. Harper has well, I had to laugh. It was funny to see Hattie come back from her... Uh, Mysterious trip to the uh, uh, for the Hope Valley ice cream shop. 
right? from last week. <laughs> right? We did mention that last week. It's like, and how come we haven't seen the ice cream shop? Where is that? Yeah. You, they've been holding out on us. But yeah, yeah I, I did like this uh, Elizabeth and um, the Harper Emily situation. Um, moving on, let's talk about Carson. Carson, to some moments oh. about self doubt in this. So, Rhonda, his late sister in law of his late wife of of Amber, not to confuse Amber from our show, but... I know, every time they're saying, like, oh, Amber is so elegant and graceful, and she was just the nicest person, I was like, oh, stop, Carson, keep talking about me. <laughs> right, right. Um, so when we see Amber in the show, what were your thoughts when she came in asking for such a big request from Carson? Oh, Rhonda? Yeah, oh, so... Yeah, Rhonda. I mean... Sorry. You see? You see? It is confusing. <laughs> Rhonda, she has a brain tumor, but her request to Carson to operate on her. Yeah, Rhonda was... Um, I felt so bad for Rhonda, because, I mean, she's literally doing everything to try and save her life. And it was a... This was a really, you know, very emotional storyline. Um, and Sarah Gray, um, she was so great as Rhonda. Mm -hmm. She... I believed every moment with her. She was so um, vulnerable and yet like so strong in that moment. It was just very, it was amazing. I was really, really impressed with her. And this storyline, you know, going from someone that you've never seen before or even heard of in the show and then caring so deeply about what happens to them um, just shows what a great job, how well written this was and how well acted that, that storyline was. Yeah. Uh, Rachel, what were your thoughts on Rhonda coming into Carson's life? Well, I'm going to be honest. I was a little confused because I was, I got her confused with the, um, the other sister. Marlene. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, didn't, didn't she hate him? Like what, <laughs> what's going on here? And so that was my bad of my hope, uh, hope Valley, my one calls the heart uh, knowledge. Um, so I was a little confused at first, but, uh, but you know, it, it, it was a really good, uh, storyline for, for her, for Carson, you know, to sort of be faced with the same thing that he had, uh, that he had messed up with his, with his wife and, or that hadn't gone the way that of course they'd hoped and, uh, to see him and, and you got a great moment for faith. There were a lot of really good moments from different characters that all worked in the story. And those are usually the most effective plots in when calls the hearts because you had like a nice moment for lee stepping in and helping mm -hmm. you had a nice moment for uh for faith coming in giving a pep talk you had um just a bunch of characters that kind of came in and out of the situation and um uh, and so that's that's always a good good storyline i think so it was good right i agree and rachel you mentioned faith um what were your thoughts of faith giving uh carson some much needed "Quote unquote faith," how pun pun intended, and and hope because you can definitely tell he he was not confident in performing the same operation twice because he he failed the first time. But your thoughts of what faith said to him to to get him really motivated? Oh yeah, I mean it was really good. I mean because she has worked with a number of different doctors mm -hmm. over the years, and for her to say like she even worked in this you know in the city and kind of a thing like. For her to say, like, you are the most skilled doctor and to remind him about what he did with Cody and with, you know, some other things, I thought it was really good because you don't just want like a pep talk. You want like, uh, you want like specific instances that you can be like, okay, there was that and there was that and there was uh, that because uh, otherwise you could just be like, you're just saying that to be nice. And uh, but but I thought it was a really good speech. I thought yeah. That, Amber. Um, yeah, well, and what she she says also, um, which I thought, and my mom and I both, we were like, wow, what a great job. Um, she said, what if your experience with your wife actually saves her sister? Which yeah, yeah, was a yeah. great way of helping him not only gain confidence in that he, you know, he has the skills and he's, you know, he's at least attempted this surgery before, um, but also to help him see that in helping her, his wife's sister, he'll be, you know, paying respect to her memory and doing what, you know, Amber would have wanted. So I thought that was very, you know, astute of Faith to say that. And I just really, I really enjoyed um, how the whole, uh, the whole scenario was handled. I think Faith did a great job and, 
Andrea Brooks is amazing. <laughs> she is, yeah. yeah. And I, I know she's been on your show, and she was just recently on ours, and she she's just such an awesome person. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. She's amazing. And and the heart of might be the most like weighty stuff that they've given her to do so far in the show. I I agree, I and they're they're see. definitely yeah. building her. Her and Carson's storyline, are you for it? The, I know a lot of Hardys are, are shipping them together. Are, are you for this re- potential relationship, Carson and Faith? Well, <laughs> I'm not like, I'm not like against it, but I just have other ships that I want to go sailing. Mm-hmm. Like, I really loved when Sophia was in town. I loved Sophia and Carson. And then also, I, I mean, there is no basis for it on the show, but I just have always really wanted Faith and Hickam to fall in love. And I don't think it's going to happen, but I just always hoped. But, you know, I will be fine if Faith and Carson fall in love because they do have, you know, a good relationship. But I just, oh, darn it. I just really <laughs> wanted Faith and Hickam. Dang it. Ah, Faith and Hickam. That's That could be an interesting pairing. Rachel, do you feel the same way? I mean, I do agree, and I am shocked that they had Ellie Liebert on for such a short period of time, right. for such a few amount of episodes. That was very surprising to me, especially when they gave her this, like, insane, uh, like, pay- this shot that when she first showed, it, like, it followed her all the way across the street, and it was just, like, a huge, like, she was going to be this big deal. She's here, and mm-hmm. so I was so surprised that she only lasted, like, three episodes, Um but uh, but I think that they have nice chemistry together. They've worked with each other on uh, other projects, and so you can kind of tell that. And uh, so I'm I'm totally fine with that. And I think it could be a cute little like uh, I don't know, uh, old school medical doctor nurse fall in love kind of a thing. That could be pretty pretty spicy. I, I enjoy that. <laughs> um, I, I'm definitely uh, I definitely like this Carson and Faith what they're building. I just kind of want to see it where they're going to take it because I know a lot of Hardys want to see it. And, um, I, if they go this route, I wouldn't be upset. Not going to lie. I, I'd be for it. I'd be for it. Yeah. So it was, I'm, I mean, as long as they finally give Hickam somebody to love, I'll be fine. Like just take care of Hickam also. That's all I ask. Yeah. Well, maybe in season six, <laughs> we know there's another season. So maybe season six will be Hickam's lucky season that he might find love in the town of hope Valley. Quite That's possible. my only hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see, and we'll see what the future brings us. So, before we move on to Abigail and Jenkins and all the drama at the bank, I just want to do some quick live chat shout outs. Thank you, everyone, for always tuning in every single week. You, you Hardys are amazing, and like you're showing up. James isn't here, but you guys are still here. So, like Hardys, um, power to the Hardys. So, some shout outs from you guys saying hello to my Ruffin. Lori Pearson's chickens. I had to mention that because I'm sure James would call you out too. Hello, chickens. Uh, Sharon Stark and Mauricia Carr, Jeanette Isaac, Brooke Kelterburn, Erica Porsche, Christy Lemire. These are some fun names that I, I actually have not seen you guys in the chat. So thank you everyone for always tuning into the live chat. People are agreeing uh, that the, the faith is literally the best. Oh, people want Margaret Harriga says Hickam and Katie Yost, quite possibly another thing i mean i secretly hoped for a hickam and katie yost and faith love triangle but and then there was that other guy um the other assistant guy with the curly hair who was like asking katie yost on dates and so i was like oh fine she's with him now but just anyone with hickam is what i want anyone i just want hickam to be happy all right, we'll, we'll tell the writers, like, give Hickam a, a love story, quite possibly. <laughs> and then, of course, not only on the live chat and shouting out you guys on YouTube, but you can also follow our show on iTunes. Um, rate, comment, and subscribe. Give us five stars. There are no other stars there other than five. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, leave a nice review, and we'll read them on the show. Like, Sierra Rose K gave us five stars last week. She says she's a new fan of When Calls the Heart and has discovered our podcast recently. Thank you to me. And I have to buzz to me. She, she's, also, uh, she's also adopted. Awesome for you, and because I'm also adopted, and she found the show through my other show that I host here, um, Criminal Minds, at AfterBuzz TV. So you know, yeah, we do a lot of shows here. So 
you know, keep watching. And she says, I love the show. It's nice to spend time with family and friends. And her second family, uh, that includes Marissa, Maria, James, all the Hardys, and all the Hallmarkies. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> Yay. So keep rating, keep commenting, keep subscribing on iTunes. Just type in Mine Calls the Heart after Buzz TV. You'll find us right there on a podcast right next to Rachel and Amber from their Hallmarkies podcast. You can find them on iTunes as well. So we, we love our fans, definitely. Hardys, you are amazing. So let's move into Abigail and Jenkins and the bank. Oh, man. I mean, this has been a long storyline that they just keep dragging out. And <laughs> But fortunately, not to jump too far ahead, we, we did seem like some some hope for the future uh, of this. But your thoughts on Joshua Baxter? He's bad for business. But what, what were your thoughts of Joshua, like, still trying to rush his deals so Greta couldn't take over the investment, but he, he was going to do the investments? Your thoughts on Joshua? Um, I, yeah, I really, I don't obviously don't really want it to happen, but it would have been really interesting to see Hope Valley with like a saloon, not like not a saloon where people just go and have beans, but like, you know, an, a real a scandalous <laughs> saloon. It would just be interesting to see how Abigail and the rest of the women of Hope Valley would deal with that. But um, I, uh, I'm really glad that things didn't end up going through with him. He's just really easy to not like right so I nice. I mean I'm trying to like everyone but he is just difficult to find the the things to like about him he seems really oily I guess I don't know like ooh trouble um but I'm I'm pretty happy that you know Greta won out in the end yeah and we also learned that Joshua for the other businesses and towns that he took over, he controlled the sheriffs and the mayor of those towns. But Abigail was not having it. It's like, um, I'm the mayor of this town. He has no control over me, which I did love Abigail in yeah. this whole situation. Um, convincing Jenkins to, to stall this deal on Joshua just so they can talk to Greta. Yeah. Your thoughts on Greta? Well, first, I wanted to say one thing that was interesting is uh, you have the interesting situation of Gowan being confronted with somebody that he would have liked before all of this mm -hmm. uh, redemption arc that started uh, that, you know, so I think it, it was kind of he it was sort of an interesting moment for that character, I think, to see, oh, I would have liked this guy. And now I'm trying to promote this other person that's much better. And, uh, but, um, Mrs. Preston, uh, you know, I, at first I was kind of, I was kind of on her side, like, just leave her alone. Like, <laughs> people have estrangements from family, like, don't bother her, you know, like, <laughs> but of course, like, once you pull out the adorables and those kids, like, oh my goodness, I mean, what, what, what is she going to do? <laughs> right. Yeah, the, so Greta, I mean, first, before we get into her children, uh, like the grandchildren, um, I, I love Greta because she's such a strong woman, and she literally takes, like, no-ish. <laughs> she, she's serious, and she, she definitely means business, and she's very straight and upfront about it, and I feel like women back then, definitely during the time of oppression and whatnot, it's very rare to find women who speak up. Um, and we see it with Abigail and Elizabeth and the women of this town. So it's great that when when she, Greta comes in, she's just another person who speaks up for what she believes in and her ideals and morals. And I like that. She fits right into this town. She can stay, honestly. Yeah, I mean, our, yeah. the one-two punch of Greta and Abigail, nobody's coming back from that. They are Seriously. just way too tough, way too strong. You can't stand up against those two. They will... They will put you on the right path, and you will stay there. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but to help Greta sway her situation, because knowing that Joshua is kind of being used against her right now, and she doesn't like that, um, they bring in Duncan, which we mentioned from the last week's episode. She does not have the best relationship with her son. Your thoughts mm -hmm. when Duncan came back and their whole reconciliation? Um, yeah. yeah, so yeah. Rachel, you go. Rachel, go ahead. Oh, well, so yeah, at first I was, like I said, at first I was kind of on her side. Like, why are you forcing this? Like, making this really awkward? Like, that's the last thing that's going to help you get your way. But of course, we know that, like, 
they've never had a scheme like this. And it would be actually really interesting if they did have a scheme of Elizabeth and Abigail's um, to solve people's problems that didn't work out. That would actually be kind of interesting. But, uh, but of course, we know it's, it's going to work out. And like I said, once they introduced the, the adorables, then it was, uh, then it was cute. It was really cute. Right. How cute were the grandchildren? So oh, cute. So cute. And I mean, it's just like almost below the belt to be like, this one's named after your dead husband, and I named this adorable one after you. So your yeah. move, mother. Like there was she they went full nuclear. She was not gonna be able to stand up against that. It was it was they pulled out the big guns and I mean, they were so cute. Yeah. You would never be able to be like, well, we're still estranged. Thanks. Right. They, it, it reminded me of the grumpy lady at the Christmas uh, yeah. in the Christmas uh, movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, with, yeah, with the when they brought the kids in the wagon. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> kids <laughs> can do that. that. Kids can soften the heart, and and it definitely melted Greta's heart, um, which seemed very cold towards her son. But I, I did like how Abigail and Elizabeth, coming from a mother's perspective, or just and in uh, Elizabeth knowing just who Greta is as a person growing up with her, um, I loved how they got involved with the family to, to reconcile this because the whole message of forgiveness, it's important. If you can't do it in business, just do it in your personal life because if you don't do that, then you're going to have nothing in the end. And I thought that was really important for people to know. Because in fairness, like being told that you're, I mean, I'm not a mother, but like, I would think that being told that you're a bad, that you've been a bad mother, that like that is devastating. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, he, he, he had there were some deep wounds there for sure. Yeah, there, there definitely was. But and but sometimes it takes the mediator to help bring two people mm-hmm. together in a room, and that's what yeah. Abigail and Elizabeth did. But those grandchildren, holy blue eyes. <laughs> they were adorable. Yeah. They were freaking adorable. Yeah. And, and then blue I, eyes, I curly it. hair. Curly like hair. I'm sorry. Stop it. There's there's no coming back from that. Too cute. Put glasses on them, and then that would be the end. I would have been a puddle of adorable mess on the ground. <laughs> yeah. They would have just been too cute to handle. Yeah, agree. even have curly hair. I mean. Oh, yeah. I know, I know. The people in the live chat are also agreeing. So adorable. It was touching and it made me cry. I mean, this is this was probably the most emotional moment in the whole episode because it, it got mm. really personal and honestly was not expecting that. Yeah. I was yeah. not expecting that. But uh, Amber, you mentioned a little bit earlier about uh, Gowan in this situation. Or sorry, actually, I think it was you, Rachel, who, who mentioned yeah. like Gowan and and with Jenkins that this could be like had it been a year earlier that Gowan would have gone with with Joshua but um it seems like Gowan is being a changed man so Abigail says do you agree with this is he a changed I man? mean I do he is totally <laughs> on the path of redemption for me um and Abigail said um People learn to become hard, but sometimes they can remember how not to be. She said that about Greta, but I feel like this applies to Henry. Um, I'm every, I don't know. People who don't watch our podcast won't know, but I love Henry. I am pretty much number one Henry fan on the universe. And I just feel like he had a hard life growing up. I mean, he grew up as like a poor kid who worked his way up to the top. And that would have had to have made him super hard and super, you know, wounded and that's I think why he lashes out at people is because he doesn't want to get hurt anymore so he just keeps people away but I feel like you know he's been broken down so much in the last year or so that he is finally starting to be able to feel like he can trust people again I feel like he feels like he can trust Abigail and he's you know slowly becoming less hardened and that's making him be the good man that I always knew was inside. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know you are a big fan of Gowan. I'm slowly getting there. I know that they're they're building that redemption storyline. And it seems like from the previews that there's going to be an interesting moment with Gowan next week. So is if there's anything else about this episode that we may have missed, uh, overall, I did love well, this episode. Well, just that um, Bill got the um, sentence 
uh, lightened, yes. I guess you might say. Yes. Yeah, that was sort of the big reveal at the end. Bill, was that he had talked to the prosecutor. So. Right. Bill, Bill shortened A.J. Foster's sentence. But overall, it, it was a dramatic episode, but it ended on a happy note when, with Greta and the grandchildren riding away. I did enjoy yeah. that. All right. So let's quickly get into a little bit of news, shall we? After Buzz TV News. Very nice. So for the Hardys, I'm sure, Pascal Hutton actually had her first debut appearance on Home and Family that aired on Friday, April 6, 2018, putting a timestamp on our show. And it, it was a great interview. It was really fun. Did you two happen to catch her interview? Um, I, I did, some yes. Of it, but I didn't watch the whole thing. Okay. Oh, Rachel, but Rachel did. Watched it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really cute. I, I mean, I'm amazed that this is the first time that she's been on the show. That's kind of amazing. Yeah. And- um, but, uh, but yeah, she told this whole story about how Kevin Kevin Smith likes to cook for the the whole crew, and like he's really like kind of funny about it. And so she agreed to bring the dessert, but he like brought a backup dessert just in case, and it was it was pretty fun. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "What? Why'd you bring this custard when I made this like chocolate dessert?" And she's like, "It's a good dessert." <laughs> so she was funny. Yeah. yeah, and I definitely loved how uh, she was playing with puppies at the beginning. I mean, how can you focus oh, if, yeah. you, if you have a cute puppy falling asleep in your arms? But yeah, and even her character. And um, and then she also talked about uh, fun personal stories with her kids. And her kids are emotional. Mm-hmm. And and um, just like it, it's a little backstory on her her family life um, that we, we rarely get to see um, unless you're at like the HFR and they're talking about their, their personal life. But it was nice to see um, Pascal appear on Home and Family. And she was right next to, if you watched it, our other co-host here at AfterBuzz TV, Maria Provenzano. <laughs> she, like, literally they were together playing charades. I'm like, oh, hey, Maria's getting getting to hang out with Pascal as well. So, see, <laughs> we're, we're all relative here. We all know each other. It's a small <laughs> community. It, it really is. And also, Josie Bissett had a fun interview um, on ET Online, if you guys missed it, um, talking about last night's episode of, of this episode that we're talking about. She said, AJ is so fun to play. She's feisty and strong. And I love playing that with Jack Wagner because we had that banter back and forth. And in this episode, it's amped up. And it's so much fun. She continues, we feel like we've known each other forever. We have. And... and that's common. The show and the people that we know, um, there's already a trust factor there, you know, working with co, co-star co Jack Wagner. And she also admits that uh, she has no idea if her character, A.J. Foster, will return. However, she said ultimately she does see a future for A.J. and Bill, so she, she's for it, too. She's for it, too. She says, I think it would be great that they would bring out the, because they bring out the best in each other, and they might bring out the worst as well, but you know, that's how you grow in life. And I agree with that. And she also did mention that the rattlesnake that we saw in this episode was actually real because they had a cut mm. to it. It was a real snake, but it wasn't there during the time that they were filming their um, their shots. It, it was a cut-in. It was a real snake, but mm-hmm. not during their filming, which I think is interesting. I like production in that. So, th- so it does show that there is a possibility for A.J. Foster to come back. And we know hers, her... Um, sentence is short, so we might say her sooner than we think. Sooner than we think. All right, before we go, we have quick predictions. And now, your AfterBuzz TV predictions. Awesome. So I'd like to hear from you two. Amber, let's start with you. What are your predictions for the show? You get to be part of our predictions part. Show overall, I'm calling it Abigail and Henry and Game Fall in Love. <laughs> okay, fair. I stand by it. I've thought it since season one. I will never let that die until the show is over. But um, I think for shorter term, I think that um, we're going to see Abigail and Greta and the rest of the town have a little bit of backlash from Baxter feeling like he got slighted in this whole deal. And I also feel like um, Henry is going to have a few more bumps on his path to redemption. So that's what I think. 
Okay. Okay. Rachel, how about you? What are your predictions for the show? Uh, yeah. So we, we know that there's going to be some kind of drama with Henry, with Gallen possibly leaving or something like that next week mm-hmm. from the, from the little blurb. But uh, I, I definitely think that we're going to see AJ back for sure. I mean, I think she was just being coy with that. I can't imagine her sentence being lessened, them having this big like kiss and then, and then her not, not coming again. That wouldn't make any sense. So I definitely think we're going to see her again. And I think that, uh, I mean, I, we got to be hearing from Jack sometime soon, right? I sure hope I so. I mean, yeah, because it's been, um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I was thinking that maybe uh, that Jack might be the one that finds the dirt on Baxter, but that didn't prove to be true. My predictions often don't. Uh, so, um, but I don't know. I think that we'll see some more with Jack, and I think that we're going to get a, a Faith Carson kiss by the end of the season oh yeah i think so too i think there's gonna be a moment they're definitely building up to it um and i'm for it i I am for that um i do think hopefully jack i don't know anything but i do think jack will come back maybe the last episode so to switch things up from last season where he was gone the last four episodes i think it'd be great if he came back in the finale episode because that makes for great drama but i think there might be like something happens maybe in transit him on the way Elizabeth realizes something happens. I don't know. Why do I always predict, like, tragic things are going to happen to Jack? (laughs) I don't know. I think it makes for great drama. But I think there's definitely going to be a cliffhanger because we know there's this season six. I think there's going to be a cliffhanger of some dramatic type. I don't know what what it could be, but it might be involving Jack. Yeah, let's ponder on that. So, Rachel and Amber, thank you so much for joining me and being my second and third co-host today because James was not here, but this was so much fun. So, in the meantime, where can people follow you and your personal handles and your Hallmark East show? Um, so, I am just at Amber Grayways on Twitter, and that's it. All right, and, and Rachel, where can we follow you? And you can follow me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and YouTube, and uh, and then you can follow our podcast at Homeworkies Pod at uh, inst- on Instagram, all this, uh, on uh, YouTube, on uh, Twitter, everything. We live tweet all of the shows and movies for the most part, and um, and we've just been added onto Stitcher, so we're on there. We're on all of the, the podcast uh, uh, apps, so check us out. We'd yeah. love to have you. And you guys talk not only about When Calls the Heart, but all the other Hallmarky stuff as well. The movies, Goodwitch, Chesapeake Shores, and you, you cover Hallmark just in general. So good yes. on you. So be the good hearties and Hallmarkies that you are. Go follow Amber and Rachel. Their show is so much fun and so informative. As well, fellow podcasters, we love them. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Um, on this awesome show today hopefully we we gave you enough despite james's absence um shout out to james you can follow him everywhere at james lot jr everywhere in the world where all james lot juniors are sold you can follow me everywhere at serafini tv keep rating keep commenting keep subscribing and keep watching when calls the heart we only have a few more episodes left so in the meantime we'll see you next time from executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.